Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Well, here we are with another transatlantic Wheels Off. Dialing in from across the pond, we have Tim Burgess. Frontman for the alternative rock band, The Charlatans. The Manchester phenomenon that broke through in 1990. Since then, The Charlatans have made more than a dozen albums. And Tim himself has made a handful of really great solo albums. Most notably, the brand new Typical Music, which is dropping any minute. Tim is... Uh, active dude, a thoughtful dude. He has a lot going on. His listening party has been a staple of the COVID lockdown. It created a community of music fans and musicians who wanted to revisit albums, talk about their creation, talk about their effect on the populace and people's lives. And it seems like Tim thinks about that a lot, the way music and art affects people's lives on a daily basis. It was really lovely talking to him from the recording studio in Manchester, where his band Charlatans was gearing up for some live shows, doing something called rehearsal. Not quite sure what that is, but he said they were getting ready to do some some big shows out in the world. He had his nine-year-old son in the next room. We talk about his son Morgan a little bit. It's a really great conversation. He very much seems like somebody that I would love to sit down for a cup of coffee with. And that's kind of what Wheels Off is. I was able to sit down virtually for a transatlantic cup of coffee with Tim Burgess. So please welcome to Wheels Off from the band Charlatans to you. Here's Tim Burgess. Welcome to Wheels Off, Tim Burgess. Thank you so much for joining me. This is great. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, for, uh, for the edification of our listeners, from where are you joining us? Well, Rhett, I am in Manchester, um, home of many great bands. And um, I'm at the Charleston studio. And um, we're about to play some shows. Um, so uh, we've been rehearsing today and, um, and it's been nice, you know, uh, to go through a few of the, the old songs again. And we're also rehearsing um our second album between 10th and 11th um because we're doing a one-off special for the 30th anniversary of that boy isn't that crazy i i imagine there's lots of songs you've done a lot over the years but are there songs on there that you never do and now you're having to relearn them oh yeah i mean most of that album we don't really do we do weirdo and that's uh -huh. about it with you know occasionally don't count even be bothered in ignition and tremolo song but 
just rarely really play it but I, it was so nice to sort of like listen to well you know i'm still learning the words yeah i'm <laughs> relearning <laughs> the words but um uh yeah it's good i mean it, it sounds pretty modern which i'm pleased about well yeah i feel like that's true of of all your stuff it's it it, it ages well when it's timeless right that's the idea yeah ho- hopefully that's that's the idea does a thing happen for you when you revisit an old album like that in in full and you play it start to finish? Do you have like a time travel thing that happens where you go back and you remember the recording of the album and remember the tours that followed? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly remember the recording of the album. Um, we've been through a, a, a lot of, um, of, of high energy. Um, uh, you know, we kind of like come out of nowhere in a way and with like within a year of our album was at number one of our debut album and you know we went to tour all over the world and and it was a beautiful thing and then we kind of kept releasing eps uh, thinking that we wouldn't need material for a second album and we got to make our second album and we didn't have very many songs um and also our guitarist left and and our, our new a new guitarist mark who's been with us since then uh joined and we were in the studio with flood who had just made um uh, a U2 album, you know, the one with uh, Actung Baby and um, and I think Violator as well, or is about to do Violator uh, by Depeche Mode and um, and we were kind of like scratching our heads a bit, but we knew we were in really good hands with Flood as a producer and um, I guess that's why it still sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, and here it is 30 years later. How does that happen? I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know where time goes. <laughs> so I, I guess you've already answered this, but but I, I always wonder like what creative project are you working on right now and how does it light you up? Um I've just finished um uh, a solo album um called Typical Music, and that's about to come out in September. And also a listening party book um that is about to come out in November. Um, is the um, listening party? Did you write the bulk of list, the listening party book, or did you have contributors? How did that work? Um, no, uh, the listening party book is basically made up of everybody else's, um, everybody's second parts tweets. There's kind of there's little bits of information um, about the artist, but it's it's basically um, you know their tweets and uh, and um, and that takes up. You know, there's a hundred artists and it's, it's volume two and it's kind of like nice to see it looking exactly the same apart from just a different colour scheme on the on the cover. It's nice, um, like a almost like an annual, you know, um, the, you know, like a, a Guinness Book of Records annual or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that's turned into such a really cool thing. And I really admire the way you're sort of celebrating creativity and digging into people's art. Um, did you expect that that was going to be part of your journey being sort of a chronicler? Uh, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I knew that the listening party was a, a good thing because I'd, I'd only ever done it with the charlatans, uh, and, and my solo records, but, uh, only really done it on my own platform. Um, and, uh, the more followers I, I got on Twitter, um, you know, the more I do it. So I think I, I, I think I did all Charlatan's 13 albums 
three times, you know, uh, as my, as my, as my, as my numbers got bigger, but then it was, you know, 22nd of March and it was like um, day one of lockdown and, you know, we, we'd been hearing about it and um, I did the Charlton's one again. And then the second one was Franz Ferdinand uh, with Alice Kapranos um, and then Blur and Ride and, 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 and Oasis and just people that I had in my kind of like in my phone book, you know, people, friends I had in my phone book, but I built a kind of like three weeks because I thought COVID was going to last for three weeks. <laughs> and, 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 and so uh, I got three weeks worth of, uh, of artists to, to, to do it using their platform as well. Um, so it was their fans and, 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 and my Twitter followers. Uh, combination that kind of made it ex- explode. So I knew it was a good thing. I didn't realize how important it was going to be, you know, that plus lockdown, um, plus it going on longer than three weeks. Um, just, you know, people were just like getting together and, uh, you know, uh, virtually really. Uh, uh, um, is, that, is that the right word? Have I just explained it right? Yeah, you, you know, did. You know, with, it, you know, with headphones on and, 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 and online, you know as opposed to going and actually sitting in each other's rooms. And you created a community, it feels like. Yeah, yeah I believe so. <laughs> I love that. How unexpected, these weird jobs. It's funny, they yeah. keep they keep handing us new jobs, right? Like digital yes, mar- marketing expert or whatever. And some yeah. of them are gross, like, you know, having to create some of the content. But it seems like what you did was such a positive solution. I think it was like, you know, the fact that it was very organic um, and, and I'd, been practiced at it because I'd been doing it with with the charlatans but for everybody else outside of charlatans and anyone who wasn't interested in charlatans or my solo work didn't really know about it you know so um so introducing it to all these other people and all these other bands and their fans and then it just became a thing you know uh, everyone started to report on it and you know I was on you know news at 10 and I was on like channel 4 news and then rolling stone and you know and just everybody wanted to um you, you know uh, talk about it it just became a thing it was on the radio all the time and so it was nice really you know because it just happened you know it happened off its own from it on, on its own steam and typical music has been in the can for a little while i would assume if it's about to come out Yes. Uh, I mean, as uh, everybody knows now, there's like a huge queue uh, to put out records. <laughs> and um, I think it used to take us like six weeks from finishing a record to it coming out. And then when it became six months, it was just like, whoa, this is just too long. But this one has been 11 months. So, oh. And it's because of like a vinyl shortage and... Um, and uh, and I guess a queue with you know because of because you know backlog of, because of COVID as well. But um, it's been in the can for a while. I've kind of uh, um, you know I, I really wanted it to come out ages ago, but, but I'm glad it's coming out now. So it's better late, better late than never. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I think I'm still thrilled about it because. <laughs> <laughs> I was thrilled when we finished it. I thought it was like the best thing since, well, best thing since what's going on when I finished it. But, uh, you know, but now, 11 months later, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> the, well, the world will tell you, right? The world will tell me. It's up to them. It's theirs now. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, when you started 
do you remember a moment when you knew you were going to do music as a thing? Like, do you remember an epiphany moment when you realized this was going to be your whole life? Um, you know, I've uh, never taken it for granted that um, that it was going to be for, you know, any longer than a year, really. I really thought that it would be the first album. I didn't expect to do a second album, not because I didn't want to, but just because, you know, it's like, why, you know, why, why would I, you know, um, you know, I still felt like a, like a kind of imposter syndrome in, in, in a way, you know, it's like the only bands that, you know, like, I don't know, I guess New Order made lots of records and the Smiths and Bob Dylan and stuff like that. But uh, I just thought one, I'll say a load of crazy stuff and, and try to be remembered, you know, and then it was like, Next album, please. It's like, hey, you know, <laughs> and then, and then after, you know, and then even on the fifth album, I was still thinking, I don't want to go back to, um, you know, working in Tesco, you know, I don't want to go back to kind of like, I don't, you know, I really don't want to. So I had to then kind of, I really then started to take it seriously, you know, um, where I'm, where I'm from up north uh, in Manchester, you're not allowed to call yourself an artist ever, you know. Uh, and people were saying, so you know, here's the artist, and it's like, whoa, you can't call me that. Uh, so I found it very difficult to believe that I, you know, that, I, that you know that I was anything other than a, you know, a chancer. But here I am, you know, thirty three years later. Um, I mean, I, I, apparently my mom said that uh, I knew I wanted to be involved in music when I was like six years old. Um, and I, I know that I've always loved music um, from that age, but I just never really thought it was a, a, an occupation, you know? Yeah. It, it, so it's funny when I hear you talk about imposter syndrome that's something that comes up a lot in these conversations about you know yeah. uh, the creative life um and a lot of different versions of that sort of in interior negative stuff like the negative mm -hmm. voices that try and keep us from doing what we should be doing right and yeah i mean the the exterior stuff seems like it's more obvious you know the uh the the kids you grew up with who are you know, making fun of you because they think you're being pretentious or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But um, but the interior stuff, uh, even when you in internalize, you know, what they've thrown at you. I wonder about when you come up against that in yourself. What have you figured out as a way through that? Like, how have you figured out to get beyond those negative interior voices? There's, 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 there's certainly something that I recognize when I feel like I've completed something, you know, um, like with the record, uh, I, I have to, you know, I really try and push myself further, you know, trying to push myself further with every recording or every everything that I do. And there's a moment where I just think it just clicks and I think, okay, that's it. I've reached that point where I think that it's good enough now. And if that's what you mean, I, uh, you know, I, I, I still wait for that. And, 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 uh, you know, I've had it for maybe about, um, certainly, certainly, um, you know, I mean, I was going to say certainly since my son was born, but I think it was before that, maybe a few years before that I started to recognize, um, how it felt when I was satisfied with something, you know, 
for, for other people to hear it, like like for the world to hear it. So those every, all the voices that that happened before that are just like them. They're kind of um, encouraging, and also uh, you know just t- cut, cutting me down <laughs> at the same time. It's like you can't do that because that's you know that's just ridiculous or that's corny or that's this or that's you know too you know it's just not the right balance and and i think finding trying to find that right balance of 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 of, of, of everything that you want to put into something like you know fun far out uh, freaky uh uh you know cool uh not cool you know just everything it all has to be there i think um It comes up a lot of times in these conversations that people do some form of, whether they call it this or not, meditation. And I remember hearing that you, at certain points in your life, have um, worked with transcendental meditation, which I've I've also been inducted into that as well. And um, but I I wonder if are you do you um, are you a proponent of that? Do you recommend it? I really do. I mean, I. you know, I was, I was in a room. I, 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 I mean, I'd quit kind of like my old style of life, which was like you know drinking and you know, I'm going to say dabbling in in various substances. Um, and I'd been clean for about like two years, and and I was feeling good, you know, but kind of like uh, almost like I was starting over. And a friend of mine said. Um, she saw me in the corner of a room. It was my flat. There's about 10 people in there. Everyone was doing drugs. And, and just like, and I was just sat in the corner drinking a Diet Coke. And she came up to me and said, uh, you should do transcendental meditation. Have you heard of uh, uh, Maharishi, Ma, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, Mahesh Maharishi. Yogi. Um, yeah. And, uh, and um, I said, yes, I have. Yes, I have. through Because of the Beatles and, uh, and uh, that's always my favorite bit in the Beatles documentaries when they go to India, you know, and, and it's like, oh yeah, do you know David Lynch? Like, what are you talking about? I love David Lynch. It's like, he does it too. And it's like, oh, right, okay. Well, it just clicked, you know, and, and within three days I was um, on my way to the Isle of Wight to, 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 to learn. Um, and, um, and, I, and I've done it, you know, every day since, you know, uh, twice a day. And um, I really love it. I mean, it, it's it's really helpful to me to kind of, to keep uh, kind of a, a steady ship inside my brain. Yeah. God, that's great. I love that your practice is still so strong. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's, 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 I uh, have regular checkups. Um, um uh, Deirdre from the David Lynch Foundation is is, is amazing, and uh, she's based in London. But you know, you can be based anywhere now, can't you? Yeah, you do online to online checkups. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's really helped me out um, in in a, in a way that I just kind of wake up and 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 just feel kind of almost like the same every day, you know. Really, you know. I mean, obviously, there's like little bits of like rough edges, you know. Uh, if things aren't working out or, or, or whatever, but I, I always wake up feeling the same. I always go to bed feeling the same, you know, and I, and that is down to meditation. I mean, it's also down to not drinking as well, but, <laughs> you know, but, um, but meditation for sure. It's funny between the sobriety and the meditation. I feel like you're doing such like that right there sets you up for such a great job of modeling behavior for your kid. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just think that that, you know, it's, 
they don't listen to what we say they they see what we do and between right. between just those two things boy well done oh That's thank a- you thank you i mean you know i mean i've got my nine-year-old in in the other room he's actually on his xbox which is i don't know how great that is but but um you know he enjoys it he's been on it for too long today but um but he's coming you know he's coming um we're, we're playing a festival tonight and then we're playing with liam gallagher tomorrow in in, in dublin um, and he's coming and it's going to be great and he's going to get his picture taken with Liam and it'll be fun and, you know, and, and uh, you know, to go to Dublin is a beautiful thing anyway. So yeah, to travel be. and the flight, it's going to be great. Um, so I, w- once you've got sort of a smaller, younger version of yourself for whom you're responsible, this question becomes sort of more actionable. I wonder mm-hmm. about you distilling some of this wisdom you've been sharing over the last half hour. Um, I wonder if you would be willing to try to imagine a 21-year-old version of yourself uh-huh. in today's world. What yeah. advice What advice might you give young Tim? Um, well, you know, I, I've certainly made mistakes, but I don't know whether I have regrets, um, because, you know, the mistakes are certainly a way of finding your way around things. I mean, you know, there's certainly, you know, I probably wasted a little bit of time on a few things, um, um, maybe a few people, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but that's life, right? Um, I don't walk around with, I don't walk around with regret. Um, but um, I think, I mean, I, th- I think I can look back and, 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 and think that I've had um, quite an interesting life, you know, um, I was really fortunate. I was telling Morgan, my, my little boy this morning, um, that um when I was 16 years old I uh um got a job at a chemical factory in Manchester and um and you know I, I was there for a good few months and, and and just before I was 17 they said oh we need a driver we're gonna we're gonna pay for you to drive to, to learn how to drive which I thought was an amazing thing I thought and I was just thinking about that today no one gets um you know no one gets uh the opportunity uh to you know for someone else to pay for their driving lessons and it must have taken about 20 and uh you know they're really expensive and anyway i thought that was kind of quite good and then just the fact that i've been able to do this for 33 years and also people still be interested in what i do you know my solo stuff and my band still and you know playing big shows and you know, putting out interesting records. It's just kind of what I dreamt of doing when I was, you know, just when, when I was, when all I had was a record player and a small bed at my mom and, mom and dad's house, you know, it's just like, that's all I live for, you know, my records, just looking at records and, and now I'm involved in making records still, you know, and uh, someone paid for me to learn how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> The moral of this story is I feel lucky. <laughs> well, so. I love that. I get that from you. I really do get a sense that you um celebrate, you know, being in the moment and 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 mm, the fact the fact that you the fact that you don't want to go boss around your 21-year-old self, I think is is actually very lovely because it's it's yeah. you're here living this life. 
Yeah, my 21 year old self was so enthusiastic about music, was never thought that he was going to be able to have a, you know, was content in a way to be walking around a chemical factory with his headphones on, just listening to brilliant records like, I don't know, The Pixies. I see that there, you know, or Mark Boland or New Order or or The Jam or, you know, R.E.M., you know, just all these amazing bands that I was just so into at that time. And and uh, and I was happy with that, really. I did because I didn't know any. I didn't know what was going to happen, did I? You know. Oh, that's so great. It's funny because I feel like you've done so much and and also had success over the years, but you don't seem like you're eaten up with ambition in a way where that's like your driving force. It seems like maybe curiosity or just sort of joy more are drivers for you. Sure, sure. I mean, there is a little bit of ambition and, and like, you know, an ambition to do like a 22 track album. Uh, that was, it was something that, you know, I mean, I didn't want it, I didn't necessarily have to be 22 tracks, but I wanted to do a double album and I wanted it to be, you know, a, 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 I wanted them all to be treated, all the songs to be treated equally. Um, uh, but curiosity is a, is a big one for me. And, 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 and also, you know, just like, just moving through life in a really kind of like, you, you, you know, uh, undisrupted way, and you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Kind of uh, just, just you know, just quite calmly going through life, and and um, and just picking up things and enjoying writing songs. You know, I love I love writing songs, and 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 I love the idea that I've always got a song or two in my head, and they're always spinning around, and I don't know which bit's going to fit in which song, and all that, and just the beautiful thing of, of creating that jigsaw puzzle, you know, uh, uh, of, of, of a song. Well, I love to hear it described like that. Cause I think of it as a jigsaw puzzle myself a lot, yeah. but it, oh, that's it, yeah. It, but yeah. there's, there's oh. an element of magic to it too, right? Like it doesn't exist. And then there it is. That's the beat. That, that's it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like creating something out of nothing. It's just amazing. I love it. Well, I man, I, it. I really appreciate you um, you dialing in from across the pond, and and I'm people are going to love this conversation. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you so much, Ray. You take care, man. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also. As the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason, and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G. from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun.